This episode of The Ride is brought to you by Bymeda. Bymeda might be the biggest animal health company you've never heard of, till now. Bymeda's products have been trusted by veterinarians and owners since the 1960s, when our Irish roots began. Bymeda is one of the largest producers of dewormers, like Equimax, Bimectrin, and Exodus. World-renowned equine athletes also rely on polyglycan, a patented formula that replaces lost or damaged synovial fluid, and Confidence EQ pheromone gel, which reduces and prevents equine stress. Consult your vet and visit bymedaus.com to see where to buy. Thanks again to Bymeda for sponsoring this episode of The Ride. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Ride. This is Nicole, and I am here with my co-host, Jillian. And today we are sitting down to talk with Madison Ward, who is the Director of Public Engagement for the National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with us, Madison. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation with y'all. So you're part of the National Cowgirl Museum and the Hall of Fame. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your position is, what you're doing there, and just kind of like your background um, and in your horse, you know, the horse background. How did you get involved in this? Absolutely. So at the National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame, I handle everything public, public from public relations to marketing. I wear many hats there. Um, we do have a small staff at the Cowgirl Museum, which has many pros to it, but uh, it being a small staff, we get to do a lot of different really cool things. And so um, it will be everything from writing press releases, managing the social media, um, increasing the social media over the past three years has been a huge goal of mine. And so that has been um, a big target that I have taken on there. Um, and then moving into a lot of event production and things like that, signage, you name it, I've probably done it at the museum. So it's a really cool place for me to be. I have always loved the Western lifestyle, loved cowgirls. Um, that's how I became one myself. So after graduating from Texas Tech University with agricultural communications, I knew that I wanted to work in an industry that I was passionate about um, and even got a cooler spot to be at the National Cowgirl Museum where it's all about cowgirls and women that have paved the way. Um, some of my horse background, I would love to say that I was born in the saddle, but unfortunately I was not. However, I think that gives me a really cool perspective when talking with guests or people that have questions about the museum that don't come from a horse or a ranching background. So I can kind of have that behind the scenes knowledge, but I'm also in it myself. I uh, was that little girl who always loved horses, and I think my parents hoped that I would grow out of it one day. And I started riding lessons at the age of 12 and was stuck to it from there and started doing first started with play days as I was learning to ride and then continued on to competing in rodeos in high school as well as in college. And I also got involved with rodeo queen pageants during this time, which gave me numerous skills, which I think has landed a lot of uh, different 
career paths for me, why I'm probably at the National Calgary Museum and Hall of Fame, um, through that experience and the contacts that I made there, as well as graduating debt-free with all the scholarship I earned through Rodeo Queen pageants. So that's a little little synopsis of the background. Wow, that's really awesome. And I mean, it sounds like all of the experiences that you had leading up to your career at the Calgary Hall of Fame, I mean, what better preparation than all of those things that you did. I mean, it sounds like that was kind of just like the perfect way to prepare yourself for a career in that setting. So could you tell us a little bit about some of the women that are in the Hall of Fame and that have inspired you over the time that you've been working there? Absolutely. So um, yes, we would be here all day if we talked about all of them because we are just right over 240. I believe we will be 248 after this November when we will be inducting five new uh, inductees that we're really excited about. one, and I can't really pick favorites, but some of the notable cowgirls that may be popular to guess, but also that have inspired me personally. Um, Larry D. Guy, a breakaway roper, has done so much for the industry of roping for women, the Rope Like a Girl campaign. So I'm really excited for her to be spotlighted um, like this and as breakaway continues to evolve in the radio industry. Um, Pop Shalee is an artist. And um, what well, way back in the day, and she did lots of stuff in New Mexico. Miranda Lambert, I'm sure everyone is very familiar with her. Shorty with Shorty Hats, um, which is very exciting. Um, so those are those are just a few of the inductees that um, are being inducted this year. But some of the other ones that people may know, whether they're horse people or not, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, a lot of people who she led the, 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 uh, the way in the justice system um, as the first woman justice. And a lot of people might not know she was born and raised on a ranch and she attributes a lot of her skills um, in that work from being raised on a ranch. Um, Another one might be Reba. And so a lot of people are kind of like, well, Reba, Miranda Lambert, but at the museum, we represent all kinds of cowgirls. So that might be a rancher, that might be a rodeo cowgirl. It could be an artist, it could be a jockey. Um, We even have uh, Game of Thrones and Wonder Woman horse master, Camilla Napruce, who is from England um in our hall of fame and she i mean talk about the dream job she trains actresses and actors how to ride she provides the horses that are in very um, probably a lot of the popular films just beyond game of thrones and wonder woman that you see on the screen she choreographs what those battle scenes will look like um just very very incredible work that she does with horses and um, so those are those are a few of the spotlights of cowgirl honorees that are really awesome. I guess I just didn't even it didn't even phase me when you said things like uh, you know somebody who works in Hollywood or you know I knew Reba and Miranda of course but I don't really consider them artists because they do have horse backgrounds and they are cowgirls and Reba you know she grew up barrel racing so she very much is the you know, definition of cowgirl, but I love how expansive it is and how inclusive it is. And, and it really gives people from all walks of life, the ability to know like, Hey, you don't have to grow up on a ranch to be able to be part of this lifestyle and this culture and do these things. 
Right. And at the museum, it's along with our mission, it's defining and showing what that cowgirl is. She's not just put into a box like maybe society might want to say. We really explore all the different aspects of what makes a cowgirl. Yeah, that's very true. And that's something that I've noticed in my experiences at the Hall of Fame, just how many different kinds of cowgirls and how many different backgrounds there are in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, when I was a kid, we would uh, horse show in Fort Worth a lot at the Will Rogers Coliseum. And so we would walk over to the Hall of Fame all the time. And so I became very familiar with the, the different cowgirls that were in there. And for some reason, the one that I just kind of idolized and fell in love with was Sandra Day O'Connor, who, you know, as you said, was the first woman to be a Supreme Court justice. And to me, I think part of the reason why I became so fascinated with her was because she, you know, when you read her description and you know who she is, you don't think about her being a cowgirl, you know, and that's something that always stood out to me was that you can either start as a cowgirl and then go somewhere completely different with that career or you can not even have any background in that and you can still you know use that lifestyle and it's just that's something that I've always loved about the museum is there's just so many different walks of life and backgrounds in there. So um, you guys do a lot of really cool events throughout the years and I've actually been able to participate in one of them. I was at the cowgirl spring roundup uh, couple years back where you guys uh partner with the pause up ranch over in montana and bring out a couple of uh hall of fame cowgirls to work with riders women from all over the country who maybe just want to be cowgirls for the weekend um you know all sorts of stuff took place there i remember when i was there uh barbara van cleve was there she did the photography uh clinic um which i personally love because i do a lot of western photography for this magazine um we had they had sharon camarillo there you know and she did a barrel racing clinic and a lot of the girls who participated in that clinic you know they didn't have any background uh doing barrel racing or, or even knowing barrel racing a lot of these women you know they they grew up you know going to camp or you know they might own horses or they just love the idea of going to be a cowgirl for a weekend and I loved how I don't it, it just felt like such a bonding moment between women and these influential cowgirls and and they were of all ages and all disciplines I mean you had a rodeo girl you, you had you know a famous rancher you had a photographer I mean it was just so much fun yes so, well buddy mention that it's very timely we are actually getting on a plane tomorrow to head to Montana for cowgirl fall roundup um the the event became so popular that the resort at pause up decided that we needed to do a fall and a spring roundup so we're really excited about that it really you mentioned kind of the bond that people get with each other as well as our cowgirl honorees I think we all start to see a common thread of um confidence and uh the connections that people can make whether it's someone that's from new york or, or california or we do have some people that own horses but they don't necessarily have a specific discipline when they come and there's just a great appreciation in that and it's a time that we can really spotlight those cowgirl honorees we will have barbara van cleave as well as stacy mcdavid who is a cutting horse champion cowgirl so she will be doing some horsemanship uh, 
sessions with our guests as well as the photography with Barbara. Um, so we're really excited about that. I think we have 10 returning guests this year. So that means obviously they've been before, but some of these guests, I mean, it's not just a once returning thing. So I think that really speaks to uh, what pause up is, uh, Nicole, you've been there. It's stunning. It's beautiful of how they have made that place, but also this event itself, there's just a community sense in it. And yeah, we're really excited to kick things off on Friday in Montana. I can't imagine how stunning Montana is going to be in the fall. I went in the spring and so it was like April, so there was still snow on the mountains, which was beautiful, but everything was still kind of dead, and it was still kind of cold in the morning, And but I bet you're going to have some beautiful leaves, and it's just going to be gorgeous. But yeah, no, uh, Paws Up is magical, um, and then, you know, on top of all the cool things you get to do with the cowgirls, um, you also get to do some other really fun stuff, like uh, they had cattle drives, and and, you know, the ability to work with cattle and, and just work with the head wranglers over there. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be so much fun. I highly recommend that if anybody hasn't been, um, this event in particular is actually just one of my favorites. I'm so glad that I got to be there for the magazine. Um, I actually have a friend going uh, this week. And she, I, I kept telling her, I'm like, you're going to have the most fun. <laughs> Yes, it is the most fun. After we get done recording, you'll have to send me her name so I can connect with her. But this one is really special in the fall because they changed it to be a little bit different and they partnered it, partnered it with their Wonder Woman fly fishing event. So one of the big activities will be fly fishing along with the trail drives and cattle drives. And um, if anyone listening to this episode is interested in going, they are booking way in advance. So uh, as soon as we get back from Montana, we'll, we will be announcing the Cowgirl Spring Round updates as well as the featured honorees that will be going on that trip next April. Yeah, and if anybody wants to learn more about the Spring Roundup in particular, I went a couple years ago pre-COVID, um, and we covered about it in the magazine. We covered it on horseandrider.com. I took photos the whole weekend. It was so much fun. Uh, just, you know, just even thinking about it, I just, I'm like, I want to go back. So maybe, maybe we'll be able to convince somebody to do another press trip. <laughs> but anyway, love me. <laughs> um, you know, kind of going into your personal life a little bit, um, you know, you, you said you did some of the rodeo queen stuff, right? Correct. Yes. Uh, about 10 years of it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think you might be our first rodeo queen on the uh, podcast. So um, I would love to learn more about what that experience was like, because we've never actually had someone break it down. Yes. Uh, well, I recommend it to all young women that are interested in that because I think it ties in great professional skills that you can learn as well as it being in an, in, in a industry that we are so passionate about. And, um, so it's similar somewhat to a beauty pageant. Um, obviously you're dressed in Western and Western attire the whole time. And instead, instead of a talent portion, you have horsemanship 
and that's uh, a portion of the competition everyone takes a lot of pride in um, because it's what make us, makes us cowgirls. Um, personally, for me, my favorite was probably public speaking um, or the speech portion, uh, but I held about seven different titles, um, one being Miss Radio Austin, and I took that title onto Miss Radio Texas where I was first runner up winning four out of the, out of the six categories. That's very impressive. <laughs> Thank uh, you. That, that takes a lot of, uh, you know, like with me, like I come from the horse show world. So like all I ever had to worry about is doing stuff with my horse. Like, and that feels so natural. And so just like, I couldn't imagine having to have all these different components because not only do you have to be a really good horsewoman, you have to have that public speaking ability and that ability to represent yourself and your state and, and your organization. And, and that's just such a different territory than just doing the horse show thing or just doing the rodeo thing or, or whatever. Absolutely. And I think, uh, it really creates well-rounded cowgirls. Uh, I think it gives you so much poise and you are an ambassador for radio in general, but you're an ambassador for that organization. So it teaches a lot of responsibility and also teaches a lot of promotion and kind of skills that I've even brought into my professional career. Um, but yes, it's an experience that uh, I think will continue to, to add to my career for the rest of my life. I can imagine. And that seems like such a great way to prepare yourself for a career, you know, I always say that horses in general are, are a great thing for, you know, young women especially to participate in just to prepare themselves for the real world, I guess. And um, so I can't even imagine how the rodeo queen atmosphere is different but similar in the same way that you have to be, you know, poised and professional and all of those things that you mentioned. So um, are there any rodeo queens in the hall of fame yes we have lots of rodeo queens in the hall of fame one name y'all may be familiar with pam minnick who's a past miss rodeo america so we have lots of rodeo royalty that is represented in our hall of fame so how does one get involved in that kind of uh, event or competition what how would how did you get involved to begin with I got involved, my uh, high school rodeo association, North Texas High School Rodeo, they did their pageant every year. And the way that they uh, organize their pageant is they have different clinics leading up to the main competition because they do know this might be the first experience a girl has with a pageant. Um, and so that was kind of my early beginnings there. But um, getting involved, involved with it, uh, is you know finding an organization that does have queens that are involved uh just getting out there and going to your first competition and seeing kind of getting a feel for what it's like and reaching out to past queens uh, a lot of these past queens they actually have built a business around training these girls on the different skills um because it it is kind of its own world it's very different of all the aspects that you do need to know to prepare for competition. So my biggest piece of advice is just to get started somewhere. There's no such thing as a dumb question and you're gonna make mistakes, everyone does, but I think those are the biggest learning opportunities as well. So the the horsemanship aspect of the competition, it's you don't use your own horse, correct? Can you tell us 
a little bit about that? So it does depend on the organization and how that pageant is set up. Um, a lot of places you will bring your own horse. And so that might be your own personal horse that you use for rodeos, or it might, if some girls, they might not even come from a rodeo background, it might be more of a showing background. So they'll bring their show horse or reining horse. And in some cases, um, girls might rent horses, reining horses that are fit for the horsemanship pattern a little bit more. Now, however, when you get on the state level, that is where you're going to see more of uh, not bringing your own horses. They are going to bring in stock contractor horses because when you can compete on the Miss Ready America level, you are riding stock contractors horses because it gives a clear representation of how you can set on a horse and ride and make that horse look good, even though the stock contractor horse has maybe never done a horsemanship pattern before. Um, but it's really showing how you can cue that horse to do what you want and show that horse to the best of your ability. Because as Miss Rodeo Texas or Miss Rodeo America or any other state level queen, most of the time, because you are traveling so far, you're not able to take your own personal horse. So you are having to hop on stock contractors' horses, and they want to make sure that you are going to be able to ride and ride a someone else's horse correctly in the rodeo. And personally for me, I do like, I think it really truly shows horsemanship when they do provide the horses, um, especially stock contractor horses, because sometimes they might have certain things they don't like to do or they don't like to pick up a certain lead. So I really think that shows true horsemanship when you can do it on a horse that maybe that isn't their discipline. Oh, absolutely. Jillian and I both come from the uh, collegiate riding um, stuff. She did the IHSA and I did the NCEA. Um, so we're very much familiar with having to perform a pattern on on unfamiliar horses. And I, I totally agree. I think it demonstrates a totally different level of horsemanship ability when you can get on something that doesn't necessarily do what you need it to do, but you gotta you gotta make it work to the best of your ability and and you know put on a, a good performance. Um, so anyway, let's talk a little bit more about the Cowgirl Museum and the Hall of Fame. You guys have your, uh, you know, annual induction coming up, right? In October? Yes, we do. So we're really excited to be having our induction ceremony on October 26th after having to postpone it due to COVID. Um, it'll be at the Dickies Arena where we will induct five new inductees Catherine Kushner, who is a jockey, and I mentioned before Larry D. Guy, Miranda Lambert, Pop Shalee, and Shorty, and as well as on different years, we do certain awards, um, and this year we are honoring the Yellowstone cinematographer, Christina Navoros, with the Patsy Montana Award, and a war dog named Luca. This is a little bit different for the museum, but Luca has done, she did so many things in the military to help them uh, throughout all the different, um, on, the, on the battlefield and things like that. Uh, and we have honored her with a statue in our Alice Walton Cowgirl Park. And she will be the second recipient of the Sergeant Reckless Award. That sounds like a really exciting event. And, um, you know, it's really cool that you're able to use the Dickies Arena, which they just built right next door to you guys. I actually used to live in Fort Worth for an internship last year. And so I was literally right across the street from you guys off of Harley Ave. And so I would 
pretty much every morning or evening come run through, you know, all of the museums that are surrounding you guys and through the park and everything. And so I'm very familiar with the area and with the Dickies arena being right there, that's great because, you know, like you said, being able to make all of your guests feel comfortable and safe during COVID, because I'm sure that's something that you've had to deal with just because, you know, your museum is so interactive. How did you have to adjust to that through COVID to make it, you know, still a good experience for people, but being able to be safe in the museum? Yes. Uh, honestly, being right there in the part of the cultural district, it's prime location between the Dickies Arena and the Will Rogers uh, Coliseum and when the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo is going on in January. Um, but yes, we, like everyone else, did you know get hit with COVID. Um, we closed down for a few months, and when we did reopen, we were able to reopen most of our exhibits. We do have a few interactive pieces of our museum. One is the Western Design Room, which includes a touchscreen where you can design a Western boot, shirt, or even a horse. And these different designs are inspired by our Cowgirl Honorees artifacts. So it might be from a Dale Evans shirt or someone's boots. Um, so it's a really cool feature that we have that we were disappointed that we couldn't have open right away, but just for the safety of our visitors. Um, but as things have started to get better, we were, were able to reopen that interactive. Um, and it's a really popular one among uh, children and adults. It's really interesting to uh, watch guests as they approach it because kids go up and they know what to do right away because they're so tech savvy. Where adults, they're a little bit more hesitant and slowly trying to figure it out, but it's a really fun piece of our museum. So you guys have quite a few different collections and different exhibits throughout the, uh, the museum. Do you have a favorite that just really resonates with you and, and sticks with you? Well, the museum uh, underwent full renovation starting in 2015. On the first floor, we put in Hitting the Mark Cowgirls and Wild West shows, and it tells the story of those early cowgirls who really paved the way um, in the Western lifestyle and rodeo. A big part of that exhibition is dedicated to Annie Oakley and really telling her public and private life that not everyone is familiar with. And then in 2018, we updated the second floor to go along the same theme and look that, that we did to the first floor with the It's Never Just a Horse exhibition. And I do have to say, I think this is one of my favorites because I it, it was the year that I came on starting to work at the Cowgirl Museum three years ago. So I was heavily involved with the marketing of it. And I really, gained an appreciation of what it takes to put an exhibit together, not coming from a museum background, coming from a Western background. So it was really cool to see how they made all those ties together because in the It's Never Just a Horse exhibition, this is a place where we were able to put so many different types of artifacts and put them all to together because these artifacts were to show the relationship between our cowgirl honorees, women, and horses. And so we're able to tell a lot of our Calgary Honorary stories through those artifacts. So let's talk a little bit about the podcast that you actually host, correct? Correct. I host it along with 
my boss, Dr. Diana Vela. She's the Associate Executive Director. And I'm so glad you mentioned it. I was hoping that this would come up in conversation, but uh, it's Conversations at the Cowgirl. And uh, it's going to be released in seasons. We have fully released season one. It was a really exciting start, kind of a new venture for us. Um, learning lots of things along the ways. I'm sure that that you guys have been have worked through too with having a podcast. Um, but it's a, a great way. I feel like we can reach other audiences. Um, whether they're on a walk or they're on a drive that they might be tuning into our podcast, but you can, I think, get a more in-depth conversation with some of our honorees. Uh, we featured Lindy Birch, Donna Housicles, the WPRA president, current president, Jimmy Gibbs Monroe. Um, and so we're, we, we're going to continue to have lots of di different conversations. We did one about Annie Oakley as well to kind of do an informative podcast, but uh, we're really excited to see where this goes and looking forward to recording and releasing season two soon this year. Is there one story that really just like stands out from like when you recorded? Like, is there just something that just really just stuck in your brain? I would imagine there's lots of good stories. Yes. Um, doing a podcast, you end up listening to the episode so many times before editing as well as after editing. So I got to know each episode very, very well. I think my favorite episode, it's hard to pick a favorite because I love the opportunity as the host to have these incredible conversations with all these individuals like we did Yellowstone cinematographer Christina Boros and kind of learning the behind the scenes of that um, and coming you know she's a very different type of cowgirl that uh, is represented but I really do think my favorite conversation um, we were at the resort at Paws Up last spring and we got to sit down with Lindy Birch and Donna Housicles and I had decided to go ahead and record with them together. And I wasn't sure exactly how that was gonna look like because as you know, they are two very different kinds of cowgirls. Lindy Birch, she's a cutting horse champion and trainer. Donna House Sickles is a very well-known artist, Western artist, and just does beautiful work. And so I wanted to see how we could tie together those two very different cowgirls to also kind of create that conversation and explain how our hall of fame is so diverse and it was really great because before i was kind of prepping and planning okay how can i tie this together and as a conversation got started the conversation that just lindy and donna were having with each other just i, I mean it didn't even have to take me explaining the connection of being a woman, a cowgirl, our hall of fame. It was just their relatability to each other in that conversation that just organically happened. Um, but something that really stood out to me in that conversation, um, I had heard Lindy Birch say it the first night when we were at pause up. And so I brought it up in the podcast, but she said, you know, when we, when cowgirls and women, when we, are performing or working in our career, she's like, I don't want to be known as the first woman who did this. I want to be known as the first person 
who did this. Um, you know, gender, it doesn't matter. And so, I mean, I just got chills when she said that because it's so true. Um, it, it should be you as an individual. And um, so, so that's something that's so true. And we also, but it's also important to us at the museum that we are women doing this. Uh, we are some of the first women, we're representing some of women who have had many firsts well before men. Um, so that, that was a very, very uh, fun conversation. And uh, it was a very exciting podcast because it's something that just revolved right in front of me. It's not something I could have planned. Well, it sounds like that your podcast is really an amazing way to kind of bring the museum alive and bring it to the ears of people who aren't necessarily able to come visit the museum, whether because of COVID or just, you know, that isn't something that they're able to travel to. And so I'm sure that there are so many people who are inspired by being able to listen to all of these incredible women through your podcast and kind of getting a taste of the Calgary Hall of Fame without actually being there. So I think that's an incredible thing that you're doing. And I can't wait to, you know, hear even more from it. And it sounds like you've been able to sit down with so many incredible women. So, you know, if you could choose one person from the Hall of Fame that you could, you know, sit down, have dinner with or anything, or just get to know, who would you choose? Because, you know, while you are still interacting with so many of them, there are so many other ones that, you know, aren't around for you to interact with. So is there anyone in particular that, you know, you would just love to hear their story? Uh, gosh, one of the women that I would want to sit down with, um, you know, I think, gosh, I think I would have to choose Annie Oakley. Um, it's obviously someone I would never be able to have dinner with, but I think that time period of being a cowgirl and the spotlight that she had, um, and the representation that she had in, in it's told through our museum, but some of the stories that were inaccurate and what people knew about her, I think it would be um, very interesting to get to know her on a personal level. Um, in one of our podcast episodes, we do talk about uh, how she was raised as a child and um, some different background things that a lot of people don't know. So uh, one of the things that's really inspiring to me about Oakley is that she, in that time period, it was very uncommon. She was all about women having, getting an education, women getting outside the house and getting exercise. Uh, you know, so I think she is just such a pioneer for women and cowgirls in general beyond being a sharpshooter and just an inspiration. So, you know, I would love to go back in time and, and just get to talk with her about, you know, why, what 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 motivated her and pushed her to be like that? I think it's safe to say that when you hear the word cowgirl, you can um, picture Annie Oakley. You know, that's I mean, they, they just go hand in hand. So, yeah, that would for sure probably be mine, too. So uh, what's kind of coming up the pipeline for you guys? Do you guys have any exciting exhibitions coming out? What what what, what, do, what do we have to look forward to? Yes, we are very excited. This is the first place we will be announcing it. Um, so y'all get the exclusive on that. Um, but we have some exciting exhibitions in the work that will be coming out soon, as well as a new gift shop 
Um, and so lots of new stuff in the front when you first walk into the museum. Um, but an exhibition that we will have in the um, A.W. Marion Gallery will be called The Devils. And it's by photographer Constance Yeagy. And this is going to be a very cool exhibition that shows, um, I'd mentioned Camilla and a priest before, um, it shows the Devil's Horsemen, that's the company that her and her family operate that provide horses and train the horses and everything like that. It's showing the behind the scenes of what it was like to have all of these horses and keep them trained during COVID, even though movies were not being um, filmed and things like that. Um, and just what what it takes to build a team of horses like this. Um, one really interesting aspect uh, that Constance was able to capture through her photography is that moment with, and I'm sure y'all as horsewomen, um, that moment where control between the horse and rider might shift. She was actually able to capture the essence of what that looks like. Um, when the rider, uh, Camilla will be one of the riders in some of those pictures, but you can see that moment where the, the horse is kind of thinking, oh, I, I want to go this direction. And then in the next shot, it's the rider taking control again. And it shows just that relationship of what it takes to be a horsewoman. Um, and so that will be opening in October, um, just right before induction. And so it's a great exhibition for us to spotlight coming off of and still kind of in the midst of this pandemic to show kind of what everyone was somewhat experiencing in their own way, but also a great exhibition to have around our induction time. The exhibition is going to run October. It's going to open right around our induction ceremonies and run through March of 2022. And then we also are opening a new exhibition. It will be focused on fashion. It is called Dare to Wear, and it will be opening around induction as well. This one is something we are very excited about because so often we'll have publications or even guests uh, ask us questions and they might even say something like where's the sparkly shirts where's the sparkly boots and um, that's kind of they come in there asking those questions because as someone who's not in the western industry that's what they're relating to that's what they've seen and so we really want to be able to tell and show the fashion um, of cowgirls and uh, a little synopsis on this um, is Ever since women and cowgirls have been appearing in Wild West shows, they have been known for their eye-catching fashion. And we wanted to highlight something to show how cowgirls wore those outfits, but also how they continue to wear them today. You see different fashions in the Western industry kind of resurface. Um, and that is for people who possibly were not ever raced on a ranch or even rode horses. I've seen and the upcoming fashion that cowboy boots and cowboy hats are the popular trending things uh, outside of the Western industry, which is really exciting to see because even though they might not know initially, it is representing our culture. Um, but this, what cowgirls wear, it's always been a conversational piece. Uh, it's been something that sets them apart. 
And it's evident because it has become so popular. So this is something we're just so excited about. It's going to have a popular different Western fashion that um, guests, if they are from the Western background, they kind of might recognize that designer. Um, But it's also going to include some of our Cowgirl Honorees pieces as well. And um, we cannot wait for everyone to come check out these exhibitions that will be opening in October. I have two things to say. First of all, you kind of nailed it on the head with Western fashion being so popular right now. I follow a lot of Instagrams and, you know, just fashion magazines because I've always loved it. You know, New York, you're seeing so many people in cowboy boots in New York City. And it's just like it blows my mind. Um, I went out of town last week and I wore one of my favorite pair of, of old gringos and literally got stopped everywhere asking where I got mm-hmm. those because they were just like, these are the coolest things ever. And so I just, I love that you guys are putting a spotlight on fashion for it because I think it really, it's going to be cool to see it throughout the years and see how it's evolved and see the personality. I think there's so much personality in Western attire that it sounds amazing. And then the Devil's Horsemen, I follow them on Instagram. I've followed them for years. I I didn't know that you guys were doing that. Obviously, you just said this is the first you're talking about it. I like I want to fly to Texas to go see that exhibit because it like if it's nearly if it's half as cool as what like their Instagram and their social media is like, it is gonna be something you, you do not want to miss out on. Oh, absolutely. Well, go ahead and book your flight because we would love to have you. It's going to be an exhibition of one that you do not want to miss, Miss, not to mention the photographer, Constance Yegi. She really, I don't think I've ever seen one, someone be able to capture the essence of what the horse is quite like she can. And so it's going to be amazing photography, but just it's amazing to see through a photograph what Camilla Napruce and her team do with these horses. I think that pairing together um, is just going to make a really dynamite exhibition. Um, and as far as the fashion, it's it's so, you mentioned kind of being in New York and people stopping you for your boots. And I've heard some conversations just because it's Western fashion has become so popular all around the country. And some people are like, oh, but they're not Western people. But to me, I'm like, that's the highest form of flattery that they love the Western fashion so much that they want to imitate it. Um, So uh, yeah, I think fashion, it's such a conversation piece and it's something that shows so much personality. We have lots of cowgirl honorees, such as Jerry and Taylor that we named a award that we give during the Fort Worth Stockstrom Rodeo, as well as the national finals rodeo every year, because she was known for her, her flamboyant, loud, sparkly outfits in the rodeo arena. And so we're excited that we can still share that legacy and encourage women um, at the NFR that make it to the Super Bowl of rodeo to still spotlight that sport and what being a cowgirl is so that, you know, kind of fully ties in that excitement that we have for this fashion exhibition. I think Yellowstone is also a huge, like we have to thank Yellowstone for bringing that cowboy culture to the spotlight again, because I don't know how many of my, like I am originally from the Chicago suburbs and I have a lot of cousins who are all, you know, they grew up in the city and and they're not, 
they're not part of the Western, you know, industry by any means. And all of them are like asking me like, oh my gosh, do you ride horses like Yellowstone? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I work with half of the guys that are on the TV show. And they're just like, oh my God, it is the coolest. And they're all wearing the cowboy hats and they're all wearing the cowboy boots and they're all wanting to be like Beth Dutton. And I'm just like, yeah, like, <laughs> y'all made fun of me when I was wearing this stuff in high school and now it's cool. Right. Yes. I totally agree. I'm a huge Yellowstone fan. Um, and like I had mentioned before, we are giving an award to the Yellowstone cinematographer. We had, um, if you want to learn kind of more about cinematography or just even some snippets about Yellowstone, listen to our podcast episode with Christina Voros. Um, but we got to have a really great conversation with her about um, kind of putting to the behind, behind the scenes of Yellowstone. Um, but, but it's in, it's, I just love hearing the stories of how people stumble across either Western fashion or the Western way of life. It's if it's through a TV show like Yellowstone or like Christina, she came from a film background and slowly working on different projects. Um, you know, years later, now she's working on Yellowstone, one of the most popular shows. Uh, and she's married to a team roper. So she, uh, had told us, she's like, if you would have told me that this was going to be my life in 10 years, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, so it's such a cool way, uh, me not being raised in the saddle. I love hearing everyone's origin stories, how they stumbled across and landed in the Western lifestyle. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show and talking with us about your life and more about the Hall of Fame and the museum and some of the exciting stuff that you guys have coming up. Uh, before we let you go, uh, how can people find you on social media and learn more about you, the National Cowgirl Hall of Fame and the museum, all the exciting things that you are doing, the podcast? Where, where's the go-to place to find more about you guys? Well, the first place to stop is visiting our website, cowgirl.net where you can find all information about admission, hours that we are open, you can purchase tickets. Um, on social media, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cowgirl Museum. And as well as on our YouTube channel, this past year with COVID, we have really been able to expand our digital, digital programming and will we'll continue to. So that's um, a piece. If you do not live in Texas or not visiting Texas, it's a spot where you can connect with us, learn a lot more about us, get some behind the scenes of the museum and our cowgirl honorees that you wouldn't be able to do if you couldn't visit. So we're really excited to expand there. And our podcast, you can listen to it just about everywhere um, on Stitcher, on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I can send you uh, a list of different ones if people want to click a link below this podcast. Um, but please, please listen to our podcast. This is a new fun project that we want to continue to do to tell these stories of cowgirls. Um, so rate, review, and subscribe. Um, thank you so much for talking with me today. Uh, I always love talking about the museum, cowgirls, and uh, this was a great conversation.
guys for tuning into the Ride Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Horse and Rider Magazine on social media and find us at horseandrider.com. If you guys have any questions or comments, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrider at equinenetwork.com. We want to hear from you guys. And if you like what you're listening to, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Once again, thanks to this episode sponsored by Meetup.